Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Outkick 360 is back across the Outkick network and live from 6th and Peabody with Old Smoky Moonshine and Yeehaw Beer. Alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski, I'm Jonathan Hutton. Big NFL weekend kicking off. Well, did last night with an epic game between the Bucks and the Cowboys. We're going to break that down, preview all of the NFL games coming up this weekend. We'll have our best bets. Plus, college football, Chad Withrow is bringing five of his top games for the college football weekend. We'll be previewing that, plus hitting all the headlines throughout, including the Tennessee Power Hour. In a couple of hours from now, 4 o'clock Central, 5 o'clock Eastern, Brent Hubs of VolQuest.com joins us as we will preview Tennessee and Pitt. And, of course, we have a thorough preview of the Titans and the Cardinals kicking off at noon Central at Nissan Stadium on Sunday. Gentlemen, Friday is here. There is a renewed energy in the yep. building at 6th and Peabody today. Looking right out these windows, I see a ton of bachelorette parties. I'm waving at them right now. Everyone's excited. They're having a good time. They're ready for the weekend. We are excited. We're going to have a good time for the next three hours. We, too, are ready for the weekend. I can't wait. Friday's rage here, and they start early. Uh, I came in, and the party buses were loaded emptying filling in between you name it in every state there is a party bus or tractor or pedal tavern in every state right now uh, and i'm not talking about states of the union i'm talking about states of redress paul what do you think now of your uh, estimation at one yeah, point it was there poor. were 12 it was a poor estimate. parties <laughs> in this city paul a before poor. a show uh, it was a poor said, estimate. said how many how many bachelorette parties you think are here he said, 12? We've got to be like 12 here, right? And I said, in the parking lot right now or in Nashville? And Paul said, in all of Nashville. This was on a Friday in the summer in Nashville, Tennessee. And I said, think more 1,200 would be a closer number of bachelorette parties no, than 1,200. 1,200's way high. But I, the thing I love about us is you can't get off the hook for conceding a point when you, when you make one. I love that about us. I have helped instill that, and so I ab no, abide by that. that. Is, but it ain't 1,200 either. That is what either. you do. I know, I know. <laughs> I'm the I last said, person to do this. Yes. I've helped instill it. How did the softball game go last night quickly? I saw a quick highlight, and I thought, I didn't check in. It was good. Uh, the Yankees, my daughter's softball team, As won again. As opposed to the actual again. Yankees, who don't win anything. They don't win anything. Uh, my daughter's Yankees team, they do nothing but win so far this season. Very good team. Evie had uh, some really good hits. Her best hit was a foul ball line drive down the third baseline uh, that was very impressive. I put the video on Instagram because there's so many elements to it that I love. I'm, I'm backing her up when I'm pitching, and she just knows exactly what to do, and she steps back a little bit. I throw it a little bit inside. She rips it down the line. And then the shrieks of horror from the parents on the other team when she hits it because no kid hits it past the pitcher in the air. And it almost took out our third base coach, Christy, 
who was working had to dive out of the way of the ball. Christy. And all the parents are, whoa, when she hits it, which I was very um, proud. It was a proud moment for me as Hutton, I watched that. I would bet 50 bucks that Hutton has this statistic that no team before Thursday had ever won. I love stats like this. It's so improbable for how many games have been played. Baseball is more ridiculous than football. No team before the Bucks last night had ever won, finishing minus three in turnover margin, committing more than 100 yards in penalties, and allowing 450 yards plus of total offense. But, of course, Tom Brady does it's not a recipe for success. No. Right? And no team is ever going to win again doing that either, probably. And the comeback shows that the Buccaneers are to be reckoned with yet again. I mean, because they can withstand that. Um, look, th- th- there's a lot of talk today about Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott and how good Dallas looked. Keep in mind that last night, Dallas allowed 6.3 yards per play. If you compare that to last season... That would be the worst in the NFL for any game last season. So let's not get played. too carried away with what Dallas or Tampa did last night. But, but we will dissect this game and say it was a quality game. 22 million viewers last night for NBC. That's up 29% from a year ago where <laughs> the crowd didn't matter. It, this was about the best game going on. And, and last year it was 51-31 the final score opposite fourth quarter this go around with with Brady and the Bucks pulling the comeback at the end most impressive thing to me about this game it's it's always going to be Brady's longevity and the fact that he remains great uh, after all this time but I think for this individual game I come away most impressed with Dak Prescott and him going over 400 yards coming back from that injury he looked like guys he didn't miss a beat that was the pre-injury Dak Prescott. There was no real rust in that game. He looked good running it when he had to. He was great taking hits yeah. and putting the ball on the money. There was an interception where I thought C.D. Lamb alligator-armed it a little bit. He did. He did. That he put on the money to him right in between three guys. It looked like a, a throw you should right make, through his hands. but it was perfect. Uh, through his hands that were kind of pulled back. The, the one thing I took, really, the rushing game was – uh, there was a great soccer commentator. I can't remember if it was in Europe or it was in the prime of the NASL in Nashville, uh, in, in the United States, who said of a guy's left foot, it was purely ornamental. The running game last night was purely ornamental. Long on one side of seven, long on the other side of 13, 14 carries, 18 carries, 3.7 yards per carry, 3.3 yards per carry, and a lot of the handoffs were just to attempt to balance things out but there were over 100 pass attempts and it was all about the two quarterbacks and and the passing game the running games were irrelevant and just for show stop handing it off altogether it was no purpose to it. well I think we both know it's not just going to be for show with Ezekiel Elliott and Dallas but I mean last last night it was just flat it was just on both sides and Um, good run defenses look why and I think it also shows that wide receiver depth in this version of the NFL is critical and top to bottom. We, we discuss a lot of depth on the defensive side or on the offensive line. Wide receiver depth, when you watch the game, it's amazing. Paul's right how pass-heavy both teams were. Eight different players caught a pass for Dallas. Six different players caught a pass for Tampa Bay. And that's with a very flat run game where both teams were trying to hold on to their leads. And, and so we'll go there. This, is, this was my biggest next-level takeaway, the wide receiver depth, obviously. So then it's the nickel depth. 
and Anthony Brown, number 30, mm. on two of the passes to Antonio Brown, struggled. On the first big catch, he got lost. On the touchdown where Antonio Brown put his hand up like, hey, come here, he was way behind. And then on the other uh, catch over the middle, he turned around um, Jordan Lewis, who at the he was in motion before the play to the to, uh, quarterback's left, and he wheeled around and was way lost on it. So the third receiver is going to be key. The third cornerback then is automatically key. Dallas couldn't keep up with him last night. They canceled out Mike Evans very nicely. Godwin, big contributor. Antonio Brown, the biggest contributor. And they couldn't keep up with him. They didn't have the cornerback depth to match. 33-year-old Antonio Brown looked terrific in the I mean, Great. peak performance. And it is amazing in, in, a, in a league that's all about youth movement what Tampa Bay has done. Gronk was terrific. Gronk. Now, yeah, can Brady. he sustain himself for 17 games is the question about Gronk, right? You get all you can out of him as long as you can get it out of him. Yeah, but, but I mean, they, they deserve a ton of credit for getting the most out of some vets when no one else, I mean, everyone's selling. Tampa was buying because Brady wanted them. And now you see what happened. It made me think of Randall Cobb in Green Bay. Now, two vets. And, and what one, Antonio Leonard Brown's Fournette. doing, can, can Randall Cobb, not the same dynamic player with some of the plays that uh, Antonio Brown was making last night, but are we going to see Randall Cobb have a type of performance for Aaron Rodgers on Sunday against New Orleans like we saw for Antonio no, Brown last night for Tampa? didn't get anything out of Leonard Fournette, really, another veteran. Right, yeah. and, and Ronald Jones isn't at old, but when does he stop making bonehead plays that land him on the bench for the remainder of the game? Well, I, uh, as someone who drafted Mike Evans, uh, I was very concerned yeah. with the mm. options for Tampa. <laughs> too many. That get Antonio to Brown and Gronk were the two big targets in the game. Godwin was great. Godwin had a good game also, had a bad uh, fumble there yeah, late that opened the door for Dallas. But other than that, was very good. Um, but that catch that set I, up the game-winning field goal I, by Godwin was terrific. great. I just don't – it defies logic to me, though, how Tom Brady's arm gets stronger. I mean, and his I release is faster. They showed that. Th- there, were, there were times, you know, at the, at the end in New England where you thought, okay, he's a guy who just has to get rid of the ball really quick now. That's just who he is. He can still be effective, <laughs> but he gets spooked quickly, and he's going to throw the ball away quickly. And he's still good about getting rid of the ball. But there were some throws that he made that I just marveled at. Even the one that he completed to Gronk where he's on the ground. I mean, he is horizontal to That's the ground on. throwing it. And it looked like a terrible decision, and, and Gronk bells him out and makes a play. It's amazing. Uh, two of our favorite listener viewers over the years had a funny exchange about uh, Tom Brady. V-Love, I saw on Twitter, this had me howling, these tweets, said that uh, he thought Brady used up all of his uh, HGH for the season on that one chuck to the end zone <laughs> at the end of the half, which I, I thought was great. Uh, Lebowski responded and said, whatever endangered species of bird that he's eating right now to do this, he's going to have to really eat a bunch of those at halftime. Uh, and then I sent him a text, and he sends me one back and says, he probably has six dodo birds, the only ones that are left that no one knows about, and he ate the heart of one at halftime. He has them cloned. It's, it's funny because with Brady, it could be true. I mean, who knows what this guy is doing to be able to do this at 44 years old and it's just funny when you watch a Brady game in a spotlight like this where everyone is watching that game last night and commenting on Brady, and you see people of national renown saying things like, this guy's going to be quarterback when he's 60, isn't he? 
It's going to happen. It's, it's really it's, hard it's not to watch thing. him, Chad, and think this guy can play for three more years. I, I think that at the start of every year when he has a performance like this, even though we had a topic two months ago that said he's going to play till he's 45. So, I mean, it's nuts. And, he, and at 44, he just delivered his 49th game-winning drive of his career. In his 300th start. Start, right? yeah. yeah. Terrific. I, I said it three years ago, and I'm going to stick by it. I, I could see him playing till he's 50. I mean, I, I'm watching him, and if he really wanted to, I think that he could win another title or two and play until he's 50. If he's 44 right now, there's not, it's not just that there's not signs of decline. There are signs of incline in his game. Yeah. It's like he's reached a point where he went Tom, young Tom Brady into his prime over the course of 10 to 12 years, slight dip where it looks like he's going to go on the – and now he's back up. And he continues from 43 to 44 a year ago to start the season. Where were Granted, it was a new team and new offense. It didn't look like that. I'm just saying physically it didn't look yeah. like I that. I know, but it still happens suddenly. It comes and it'll come suddenly, even to him at some point. He's, he's extended I love how we're saying it's going to come suddenly to a 44-year-old best quarterback, greatest quarterback of all time. But at some like, point it's going to happen. Of course. At and some point our show will end today. But, but also, <laughs> at some point, I mean, if we're going to sit there and say, we had this argument yesterday about Derrick Henry. If we're going right. to say, well, you know, Derrick Henry's different. Well, we also have to allow for the variable. If you're going to have mathematics involved, and we're going to look at the law of averages. Derrick Henry's 26. You're going to look at the law of averages with the average. There can be an outlier. But this is my point, though, Paul. The national media, we all sit here and say, well, I can understand why they would think that. Because running backs, and they have a bunch of carries, consecutive years, they're going to fall mm-hmm. off because that's what happens to running backs. How on earth could we base anything on Tom Brady? He's 44 in doing this. Oh, that's insane. So when you say that he's going to fall off immediately, I don't believe it. Because I don't know. Because <laughs> five years ago, I would have said he'd have been retired for three years by now. And we'd be talking about him being in the Hall of Fame soon. But yet the guy physically looks better and better. I'm getting angry as I talk about it because I don't understand what's happening. I don't get it either. That's why I, I laugh about the dodo either, bird heart happen. that he's eating. Because who knows what's going on. It's, it's, like, it's your, amazing. Uh, like your uh, beef heart sandwich. Well, I'm watching the show. Uh, I'm watching American Horror Story right now, uh, the latest season. It's about vampires. And the vampires took a black pill, and then they're great at everything. The guy who's a struggling writer writes a Netflix series because he takes the black pill and becomes a vampire. Uh, His daughter becomes a a prodigy violinist after taking that. What what black pill did Tom Brady take, and how can the rest of us take it? He took one. That would be the question. And it's not widely marketed. More NFL discussion straight ahead. Plus, we get into the college football weekend on OutKick 360. First, though, expressvpn.com. The website to go visit your online activity is your business, period. Every device in your digital life should be secured with ExpressVPN. I don't know most of you are thinking, well, there's incognito mode. Let me tell you, incognito mode does not hide your activity. It doesn't matter what mode you use, how many times you clear the browsing history. Your internet service provider can still see every single website you've ever visited. That's why even when we're at home, we're never online without using ExpressVPN. And also, a lot of times you have something like this and it's, it's always present. You feel like you know it's always there. That's not the case with ExpressVPN because... Most of the time, you're not going to realize that you have it running. It runs seamlessly in the background, very easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button, and you're protected. ExpressVPN available on all your devices, phones, computers, 
even your smart TV, so there's no excuse for you not to be using it. Go to expressvpn.com slash outkick360 for an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash outkick360. expressvpn.com slash outkick360. Outkick 360, live from 6th and Peabody, downtown Nashville, with Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton, 6th and Peabody, the home of Yeehaw Brewery and the Old Smoky Distillery. And it's all going on behind us here at the venue. You can join them all weekend long here at 6th and Peabody. Coming up in about an hour and a half or so, Brent Hubs, fallquest.com. We'll be previewing Tennessee and Pitt. A lot to discuss there, a lot to discuss with the Tennessee Titans as well, Titans and Cardinals in NFL Week 1. We were chatting about the Bucks and the Cowboys. We'll get more to that coming up, but it's a great matchup weekend across the opening weekend for Week 1 in the National Football League, and it's jam-packed with some great quarterback matchups. Jacob's got the full list for us here as we scan through the top matchups of the week. Uh, Jacksonville and Houston kickoff. There's the Chargers and Washington right out of the gate. Um, Seahawks and Colts. By the way, Carson Wentz will start Sunday for the Indianapolis Colts. Xavier Rhodes out of that game. He's not a good player, I don't think, but he's a key guy in their secondary mix for the Colts. Trouble right away, injury-wise. What a fast recovery for Carson Wentz. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. When that injury happened, we were thinking, you know, they're going to have to get Phillip Rivers out of retirement, and instead he's starting week one. Carolina Panthers with a new quarterback, and Darnold faces his old team, the New York Jets. Only thing that could make that better is if it was in New York. That would be quite a festival for the debut of their new coach, Robert Saleh. Big year in Cincinnati for the Bengals and Joe Burrow, who is back healthy, uh, taking on. Some are picking the Vikings to win the division, which is crazy to me in the NFC North. Armando Salguero amongst them. Yeah, there, there's several national writers who really like, like the Vikings and, and like their offense um, and, and think that Zimmer is going to get things corrected defensively. Uh, if not, he's fired. He's on the hot seat uh, for Minnesota. Arizona and Tennessee will preview later. San Francisco and Detroit. Jimmy Garoppolo tries to keep that job uh, in week one as uh, they take on a rebuilding Detroit team against uh, Jared Goff, the new quarterback in Detroit. Every time I think of Jimmy Garoppolo now, I'll think about, well, it's official, I guess, as his response to being the starting quarterback. I don't take it nearly as bad as you do, as badly as you do. I think I, I, I I need to hear the tone of it. I haven't heard it, but I think it could be like I presumed it all along. Like now you're just saying it out loud, what I presume to be the truth all along, in which case I have no problem at all with him saying that. Well, what I know what the 49ers think about Jimmy Garoppolo is what they did in the draft in trading up to Trey Lance. That tells me everything I need to know about his long-term future in San Francisco. And I think, uh, you know, I I think that transition, Hutton, we mentioned this the other day, could, could be done by an injury. Three of my favorite games of the week we're about to discuss, and the first one is Pittsburgh at Buffalo. Pittsburgh's going to start four rookies on offense against Buffalo's defense as Josh Allen and uh, everyone in Buffalo is talking about getting back to the AFC championship game and going and winning a Super Bowl uh, against a Pittsburgh team that is loading up for one more run with Big Ben and and what they've done on the defensive side with uh, now extending in a massive contract T.J. Watt. This is interesting how weaknesses fit here. Buffalo 
hasn't proven it could rush, rush the passer, added another pass rusher in Gregory Rousseau. Um, you know, can it get to Roethlisberger? You know, that, that's a big question. Um, and, and I don't know that Pittsburgh's corners are suited to handle Josh Allen and Buffalo's passing game. Can Atlanta be a surprise? It's not one of my games to watch, but can they be an upset pick as a home dog against the Philadelphia Eagles and Jalen Hurts? They're now, picked to be two of the worst teams in, yes, in, in yes. football. Here we go with uh, what I, a game I can't wait this to sit and watch. This is game of the week to me. Kansas City hosting Cleveland. Here are the Browns who put up a fight in the postseason last year against Kansas City. They have the right formula to beat Kansas City. Can they do it out of the gate? It's like taking down Brady in week one last night. Dallas had a lead. Can Cleveland hold one if they have one in the fourth quarter against Mahomes and Kelsey? You know what's incredible? I see this lineup, and if I'm looking for a statement maker game in week one, it would be Cleveland going on the road, avenging the well loss yep. to the Chiefs in the playoffs. But there's something about week one of the NFL that whatever we expect the statement maker game to be, it's not. And there's something else out there we're not even looking at that is a big time win by three or more touchdowns from someone or a big upset or someone you thought was going to be okay to look great or someone that you thought was going to be great that looked awful. Uh, but I'm still looking forward to this game more than anyone else because, again, that is the statement maker opportunity right out of the gate. I love this game as the week one game of the week, the moment the schedule came out. Kansas City rebuilding its offensive line and Cleveland's defensive front, really the backbone of that team keyed around Miles Garrett. You want a week one test for your new offensive line? Here it is. I think New Orleans is going to test Green Bay. Sunday. This is my third game to watch. New Orleans at home starting Jameis Winston, who is boomer bust. And if he comes out hot with Sean Payton's offense, which he's very familiar with now, he's earned that job for a reason because he's the best quarterback on the roster. Um, Green Bay on the road. I don't know. There's just something about the offseason storyline. And I'm high on Green Bay. We all are. We have them yeah. as our Super Bowl champion. There's something about the offseason storyline to me that gets uh, fueled a bit with a loss out of the gate that everyone would take as a surprise. Yeah. To me, this is no gimme. There's so much, I think, and I see wishful thinking to me out there about Jameis Winston. Is he going to throw 30 picks? No. They're not going to let it happen. Sean Payton's a much better coach than that. He's going to be a better decision maker. But it's not hard to be a better decision maker than he was the last time we saw him start, right? When he was a horrific decision maker for a guy starting 16 games or however many games he started that last year in Tampa Bay I think it'll be better but I saw somebody the other day picking him as an MVP candidate I just think it's there's a lot of wishing or no, hopefulness that, going on with him but he can again give him credit for making the right decision and choosing to be a third string quarterback for a year with a quarterback guru that has an opportunity to really refurbish a guy that can use a little dialed in perspective i agree he got himself in a good situation He's in a great spot i still don't have it's a lot of it's faith his in for the taking now uh, I and, will, uh, to me that's an upset alert we had our picks yesterday i was the one person to pick the saints as the second nfc south team to make the playoffs both of you guys went with the panthers i will stake my reputation on sean payton that's how much i feel that's how i feel about sean payton finding a way to get it done with Jameis winston they're going to the playoffs i think Former, I, I just one more on that we saw Bill Belichick without Tom Brady in the first year. This is maybe a better plan than New England had, but I think we could see the same thing here. In the first year 
of the separation, this one a retirement separation, and what about that new haircut on, uh, on Drew Brees? In the first year of the separation, we see uh, the quarterback's importance after. Former Saints quarterback Teddy Bridgewater, who spent a year in Carolina, is now the new quarterback in Denver, and they are in New York against Daniel Jones and the Giants. If not now, win. That, that is the mantra for Daniel Jones at quarterback for the New York Giants. If he's not going to show his value right now, is he ever going to? Yeah, well, I'd say the same thing about Bridgewater. These two teams are looking for new quarterbacks I think quarterbacks we know Bridgewater. I, don't, I think we're, the jury's still out on Daniel Jones. Yeah, I think Gettleman's gone and Jones is a backup somewhere else next year. Daniel Jones is one – we asked this to Armando Salguero yesterday – one of those guys that's been there for a little bit, but when you say giant starting quarterback, it doesn't immediately pop into mind, and that's not a good thing for Daniel Jones because it's just so blah with him that you don't really know what he is. And I guess if you don't know what he is at this point, then we probably know what he is. Hud, I bet he does just enough to tantalize New York, right? A 300-yard game with two touchdowns, and New York's like, oh, maybe, maybe. And then the next week, you know, uh, 116. Well, he's going to have one of those Marcus Mariota-like 70-yard runs again. Remember when all the, oh, that yeah. fuss yeah. was made over his how many miles per hour yeah, he, he was can, running? He can he was run. the fastest guy in the well, league. Deceptively and fast. And that one, that one also, week running? Look, part of the plan with him was to pair him with Saquon Barkley. And, so well, let, let's see Barkley get back healthy yeah, and see what like, Daniel Jones looks like. I don't like a running back a year removed from ACL. New England and Mac Jones against Miami and Tua Tagovailoa. The former Bama quarterbacks going head-to-head at 325 Central on CBS. That's a nice storyline for Bama fans. You know that game is going to rate very well in Tuscaloosa if people can get it there. I guess you have to have the, the you have to have the. I thought you were having package. a cable TV joke, making no. a joke about Alabama and not having the I would. I wouldn't hesitate to go there. I just didn't. You missed an opportunity yeah. if you didn't. Uh, uh, you know, They'll it, get it. Nance is calling the game. They'll get it. Yeah, it, that'll probably be a pretty widespread game. Um, I, I, I'm not going to hold it against Actually, the Dolphins up, when they lose that game. Is Nance at that game? Scroll up, Jacob. I don't think Nance will be at that game. I think he would be at Cleveland, Kansas City. So is that, oh, that City. is a 325, Cleveland, Kansas City. Okay, sorry. Let's I'm not positive. But um, and then uh, we've got Sunday Night Football. L.A. Done. and Chicago where they're not going with Justin Fields. They actually told us the truth when they tweeted out QB1 when they signed Andy Dalton prior to the draft. Andy Dalton starts on the road against the L.A. Rams and Matthew Stafford. Sunday night football. Few quarterbacks inspire the way Andy Dalton inspires. I know Bears fans are (laughs) pumped up about that decision. They're ready to go into L.A. Uh, I am most looking forward to seeing that stadium packed uh, for this game yes. uh, with uh, the money they spent on it and yeah. everything else. Yeah. If Justin Fields was starting this game, I'd be way more enthused about watching it. I think the Rams are going to roll uh, in week one with Matthew Stafford. Well, you know who's inspired by Andy Dalton. Aaron Donald is very inspired. And again, this game, two <laughs> yep. of the three biggest spreads of are the, the week are game. two primetime games. Last night, which turned out to be a, a great one, was an eight-and-a-half-point line. And I think got nine. up to nine it or nine-and-a-half. Got to nine. Yeah, so we still could win. We got them at nine-and-a-half in the parlay. And, and then the Braves one, had to win by one. Last check, yeah, last check, this one's at nine. I think last I saw uh, Rams favored by this nine. This one feels more like nine. And then Monday night. Monday night, as we continue to scroll, our guys are asleep at the wheel, <laughs> watching the bachelorette party. I need the bell. Where's there, the bell? There are, two, there are two things that I have told Jacob. Uh, get a notepad. <laughs> still not done it. And stay awake. 
Uh, didn't quite do it Monday on Monday night is Baltimore at Vegas against the Raiders. Um, Jacob, put back that graphic whenever you want. There, there we go. There, it is. there is Baltimore at Vegas. Um, on, on Going Monday night six football. deep at running back for Baltimore with Le'Veon Bell and Latavius Murray. How about the, the – What a day yesterday. John Harbaugh and uh, his quote today, I think it was this morning, where he was like, look, this is sudden. Uh, the like train is moving very fast. It is time to regroup and get things going as best as we possibly can because it's not just about uh, – their, their running back situation. They also lost an all-pro in Marcus mm. Peters. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine being a Ravens fan today? You're excited for opening day, and you're opening the paper, or you get open in the web today, and it's like a funeral feeling in Baltimore, yeah. I would think. You lose a great guy on offense, and a, your backup running back, who you were getting excited about, like, oh, this guy can do it. Now you're down to number three, and you're yeah. signing – a veteran who is available. You're signing a guy who Armando was joking yesterday. You don't know how many sandwiches he's eaten in the last hour. <laughs> you know, this guy was going from holding out, you know, three years ago, four years ago as the best running back in the league to now, you know, fringe player in Le'Veon Bell. You would have drafted him if, uh, a day earlier if, if our draft happened because you love Le'Veon. Guys, none of this, none of these bad things happening to the Ravens, none of it stopped me from picking them to go to the Super yeah, Bowl. It would have. <laughs> yeah, if the graphic could have been updated. That's, yeah, that, that's the graphic that's going to live. in the middle of that segment. It's going to live forever for me is that graphic with yeah. the Ravens. By the way, my picture's next to the Ravens pick because we made a mistake. Well, he changed it. <laughs> yeah. The one that we have eventually put out there for everyone to see. That's all right. correct. Uh, best game, Browns-Chiefs. That's the one we can't wait to see, right? I, I'm yep. all in on that game. My upset is New Orleans against Green Bay. Where's your upset this weekend, Chad? I'm going to go – it's tough to pick an upset in the NFL. Favorite. Who's um, favorite in the Jags-Texans game? Gosh. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say oh, – well, Upset, like who's your surprise? To me, it would be surprising to see Green Bay lose week one. The, the other I'll, I'll one would be you, the Rams I'll, losing at home on Sunday night happening. against Chicago. I'll that's tell you something that would be surprising, I think, for me coming into the season and what I thought about the team. I think the Colts beat the Seahawks uh, in week one, which would probably surprise Well, and no one, was, no one was expecting wins, right? We spent a lot of time discussing what they were going to do, and they didn't make the move. They threw out that, oh, it's five to 12-week recovery. We're not really sure what's going on. They didn't make a trade. You know, Minshew was mentioned. There was a couple of other players that Nick Foles was thrown out there because of the, the, the knowledge that he has with Frank Wright's offense. They didn't make a move. And because they didn't, they still sit with the picks that they have, and they start week one with the guy that they want. In we Carson shouldn't Wentz. be surprised by this, by the way. This is the Colts' way. A very quiet offseason. Didn't do anything big in free agency despite corner and wide receiver needs. And they're down a corner now and a wide receiver for their opener, which is why I hesitate to go with your pick, uh, Chad, and I'm not big on Seattle. Uh, I think Houston is going to beat Jacksonville because uh, I, I, I don't have a lot of Urban Meyer confidence out of the gate. And uh, I, I, th I think probably there are some Jags vets that if, will sleep on Houston. I'll say this about Houston. If they come out limp, that's they're, longest they're not history. winning a game. Longest season in history. It, it, like, if you don't have a little fire and passion with all the trash that's been talked about you this offseason, Watson, the franchise guy who signed an extension a year ago this month, doesn't want to be your quarterback. He's inactive on game day. You've got Terod Taylor and a dysfunctional organization, and the players have all signed one-year contracts who are there. 
if you don't come out and show some fight and vigor in week one against a bad Jags team, when are you going to do it? Will they let them on the sideline? Inactive guys at a home game, usually on the sideline in a hoodie, right? Why would he want to be there on the no, sideline? No, I, I know, but he doesn't get to choose. They get to choose, right? If he's on the sideline, there's a camera trained on him the entire I don't think game you want for him. the broadcast. If the team gets to choose, the choices don't come. Yeah. Because it's just well, a huge no, I, distraction. I, I, well, they'll I blame mean, COVID protocol and keep him off the sideline. Yeah, yeah. I think close so, contact. too. Keep sure him out, in close contact I, with keep someone. Keep him out of the stadium, even? Put him in a suite. That's what they generally do with the guys who aren't on the sideline now. Keep him away from the stadium. You create a, I don't know, it's so messy. Like, every decision you make with the guy is another ripple in the pond with this just mess. I mean, to me, it doesn't matter if he's at the stadium or not because he's at the practice facility every day. I mean, he's making $10 million to do it. So, it, I mean, if you're going to say he's a distraction to be it a, a mess, uh, it's a mess. It's a mess all the way around, but it's not going to make any difference if he's there on no, game. But in the telecast, the, the camera, oh, yeah, finds, yeah, him. You're the right camera on that. finds him if he's there. Well, Hutton, I'm with you on this. If it's a lifeless performance from Houston in this game, they're going 0-16. <laughs> I mean, if they come out and they're down 14. 17. They got an extra game to lose. Sorry, 0-17. <laughs> one, yeah, one, one other one. They're going to be the first 0-17 regular season team ever in, in NFL history if they're lifeless. Yeah, keep in mind, Jacksonville started the season strong a year ago, right? They, they were a bad football team, and they played well early. So uh, everyone is expecting Houston to be really bad. I'm among them. But you can still put up a little fight. And if they don't have it now, they're, they're not going have to have it. I, I tend to agree. I'm not ready to pick the Cardinals to beat the Titans, but I do have this sinking suspicion that after the first week, the storyline in the AFC South is going to be this is a wide-open division between those two teams. I think the Colts look better than expected against Seattle, and I think we're going to come out of that Titans-Cardinals game saying, boy, this isn't going to be easy for the Titans like we thought and everyone else thought because the Colts are going to be hey, If my prediction comes true, Houston could be undefeated at 1-0 with everybody else 0-1 <laughs> coming out of the first weekend of the Well, and then the South. Titans would face the Colts at home two weeks later. Right, that that's the first showdown of the two teams, and it always seems to have that. Yeah, type and of they will have both played Seattle, that's, so you'll have a head-to-head head measurement going into Week Three where they both have played Seattle. Brady and the Bucks get it done against Dallas last night in comeback fashion. Ryan Suckup hits the field goal with two seconds remaining, and Brady had like 370 yards passing. He had a lot of drops. Yeah, you know, there's some Pre- bad drops. Prescott. Threw over for threw over 400 yards. He had some great. drops too. Has, where would those guys' numbers have been in Week One if not for those drops? I, I think uh, Prescott you know, through the roof. Well, I think Prescott. I mean, they already were, yeah. but yeah. Part of it with Prescott was clearly the Bucks' defensive game plan was let's make the guy who had the catastrophic injury a year ago beat us through the air. Right? They weren't going to let Zeke Elliott beat them, and they right. didn't. He had a terrible game, and uh, it showed. I think 10 carries for 29 yards for Zeke Elliott in the game. I mean, it, it, they made it a passing game, but Dak Prescott delivered. But you're right, Hutton. There were some big opportunities that were dropped by both teams also. I mean, it was a – look, it's, it's fun to watch the NFL. I mean, it very rarely disappoints. And once again, in prime time, in the spotlight, with it coming back, I think the numbers bear out the conversation we had earlier this week that – Everyone last year coming off a summer of lockdowns and everything else, we kept saying we're so happy the football's back. We're so happy the football's back. We were happy, but the ratings didn't necessarily show that a year ago. It's showing up now with people in the building. A couple goats 
Godwin set himself up to be a goat with that fumble and then helped bail himself out with the big catch in the, in the winning drive. You knew when there's 125 on the clock or whatever it was. Look how casually they take the timeout to avoid a runoff. They're not worried about driving down there and scoring. Zerline with that miss oh, yeah. was horrific. And the missed extra point in the final score didn't kill them. But in the moment, it's bad. That's three, a terrible field goal attempt. Three missed kicks in the first attempt. half, yeah. Terrible field goal attempt that, that really costs. You, you can't leave points in a game like that that's a shootout. Coming up, the 360 parlay and much more. We'll also preview the college football weekend uh, later in today's show, plus a full preview of both the Vols and the Titans in the Tennessee Power Hour on OutKick 3. Outkick 360, if you are watching on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter, we certainly appreciate that, and we hope you'll subscribe on YouTube. Just search out the Outkick 360 channel, and as always, you can find the podcast wherever you download your podcast as soon as the show ends each and every day. Um, also, in- real quick, Hutton, if you are watching somewhere, let me go ahead and tell you so I don't have to type it over and over again. No, Paul was not punched. That's it. Thank you. He was not. I had a little cancer spot. They went in and got it. Not punched. Paul was asking why on earth they would pair the Dallas Cowboys against Tampa Bay for the opening game of the season. Well, I understand America's team Um, and all that. I just always want the best game. And it was a great game, so I can't complain. Largest audience since 2015, which was Steelers-Patriots. Brady. Brand (laughs) Brady there, too. Brand names. Uh, Up 20% from last year. And the official count, 25 million tuned in. 26 viewers uh, on NBC, Peacock, or the digital platform. So they got another million off of the Peacock app. Well, and you know, those the numbers get to be so big at times. I'm, I don't even know what that means when you get to a certain number like that. Just to put that into perspective, that 25 million number, I was talking about college football ratings being way up in this opening weekend. The best game of the weekend, Clemson, Georgia, did around 8.8 million. 8.8 million compared to 25 million for Thursday Night Football. That's a big gap. Now, college had five games that averaged over 5 million, which is a really good week for college football. But that shows just how many people tuned in last night. And look, with the advances that Brady's making in modern science, the only way to beat that rating is if Brady successfully clones himself and goes against himself <laughs> In yeah. week one of next year, maybe the Detroit Lions could sign the Brady clone, and then we could have a Thursday night matchup, Bucks lions that could pass that number. I had this discussion with some people, uh, media people, while I was in Tampa. Some, some on the Titans' end of the media, some on the Bucks' end of the media. And they were talking about the Bucks and the, just the national media fervor for the Bucks after Brady arrived, what it was like before, what it's like now, what it will be like after he's gone which they presume will go back to exactly what it was before he was there, which was minimal interest in the Bucks, right? And we said, if the Titans won the Super Bowl this year, there would be a, a national fervor, and there would be a national fervor at the beginning of next year, and then it would dissipate. You know, what, if the Bills won the Super Bowl, if the, if the, if the Chargers won the Super Bowl, if the... Colts even won the Super Well, the Colts had Manning, so let's take them out of it. There are certain teams, if they won the Super Bowl, like I'm thinking about creating a name brand because you're talking name brand. It was yeah. name brands last night, right? Dallas is a name brand. They haven't won a Super Bowl in what, the 25, 30 years. 
if a, na- a non-name brand wins the Super Bowl and then goes back to normal life, how much does it really change things for that team in terms of TV ratings and stuff like that? I think very little. Like the Patriots are the one team that's turned itself by turning into a dynasty into a name brand. But it's very hard in the NFL to become a name brand. Name a team that's gone from not being one of those teams, the, the Steelers, the Cowboys, the Raiders, into being one of those teams. The Patriots it's are the, the Patriots team that did the it. last 20 years. Right? Yeah. You can't vault that. If the Titans won the Super Bowl this year, am I wrong? Next year, there'd be some summertime hype and opening day hype. And then after that, it'd go back to yeah, usual. It's about, you have to have star power. The personality, right? You've got to have the, the star personality. I think there's only, uh, you can probably count on one hand the true name brand you're talking about. It's Steelers, Cowboys, now Patriots of the last 20 years. Raiders. Um, Raiders always have that. They've got the fan base. They've got the fan base. I'll, I'll say this too, though. You can fall out of name brand status. I would say the Miami Dolphins were once a name brand. But if they got good when, again, it would come. It would come. Yeah, the, uh, the unbeaten team. Giants, would, it would come. Don Shula to Dan Marino. Like I've always pointed out, my dad, who didn't have an NFL team around him growing up, was a Dolphins fan, yeah. of all things, because he loved Don Shula, and then he loved Dan Marino. So when I was growing up, he always liked the Dolphins. That was a name brand team. But the Giants and the Bears, those are name brand teams, if they get good. If they yeah. get good, everybody comes again, right? Yeah. The, the, the media will pour in. They're already there. I, I just. But if the Lions got good? It's not possible, Paul, unless I think it's got to be star, star player combined with multiple championships. Yes. That's, That's it. it. That's the formula. It's the only way. And sustain. Sustain. Some college football headlines. Uh, the Big 12, Chad, targeting, they, they've it's done. officially invited uh, the, the four big schools. They're also um, thinking about adding Memphis. There's a report out that Memphis could be an additional a fifth? team. A fifth? Uh, and that would, that, that would also include Boise State as well. Oh, six. I think Memphis and Boise State are the next two. Look, I think the Big 12. They formally invited, by the way, BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF. Would they make them the Big 14? They got raided. I mean, the SEC's got 16 on the way. Right? So they got 14 now, and they're about to have 16. I mean, they've done the logical steps. What the Big 12 has done is, is really smart. They got surprise attacked by Texas and Oklahoma and the SEC, and they went out and they got the most logical brands combined with football success. I was reading an article about this, and if you look at, even if you remove Texas and Oklahoma from the mix and add those four, and you look at from 2011 to now, and you looked at average amount of weeks in the AP Top 25 for conference, this current iteration of the Big 12, minus Oklahoma and Texas, is right there with the ACC. Right there. Hmm. Because UCF has spent a lot of time in the Top 25. BYU has. Cincinnati's had a run. Houston had a run. And if you add go to 12 uh, playoff teams, you would have had UCF in a playoff four different times. You'd have had Houston in there once. You'd had Cincinnati in there a year ago. You'd had BYU right on the edge of being a playoff team. Look, th- this was made, and the Big 12 said it, this was a football decision, adding these teams. And I think it was a smart one. So I think what they have left now, when you really look at it, it's not as strong as the ACC from a monetary standpoint and a brand standpoint. But if you just go head-to-head football success, outside of Clemson, who's won national titles, right, right. there's not a lot of difference when you churn through 
the top to middle of those conferences and look at weeks in the top 25. I would still, though, Chad, say those teams you're mentioning that would be in the back end of this new playoff system are as far away from beating Alabama as the bottom teams in the women's NCAA tournament are from competing with UConn. Well, I'll, I'll, yes, but that's true for every conference out there. But also, keep in mind, they were having these records and making these runs in lesser conferences. Right. That cancels out now. Yeah. They're going to lose games. TCU is a good example. TCU was on a great run in their conference. They joined the Big 12. Everyone thought they were going to jump in and have success. They had two straight losing seasons before they got it together in year three. West Virginia, the same thing. They moved to the Big 12. They struggled early. But since then, West Virginia has been a pretty consistent performer at the back end of the top 25, where they've had time in the top 25 multiple years while in the Big 12. So, look, it's not – there's no great scenario when your two blue bloods leave your conference, but this is the best alternative for the Big 12. We said yesterday, Hud, it's intriguing because it'd be super competitive. Like, who's the clear-cut favorite to, to dominate that conference on a regular basis? There isn't one, right? I just want to know what a TV network's willing to pay compared to what they were willing to pay with Texas and Oklahoma. Yeah, that's, 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 that's the question, big question. Yeah. And, and if the money's not there... Can they keep their coaches from leaving the conference? And does if someone it, and, else ponies and, up to pay? And them? how much does it dwindle down to the sorts of? I mean, there, there is a trickle down effect. It's more than just who are you adding. It's what can you maintain? And, and how and are you look, recruiting? What they're main, what their pitch, the pitch here is they are adding schools that are among the New Year's Day Big Six bowls. That that's what these teams have been. You got to stay there. Memphis played in the 2019 Cotton Bowl. Boise State, we know the Fiesta Bowl runs that they went on for years if they add Boise State and Memphis to the, to the group. But UCF has been in two. Uh, BYU, um, they've combined for 11. Uh, BYU, UCF, Cincinnati, and Houston have combined for 11 New Year's Six Bowl games amongst them. And, and so now we see what does that offer for a TV network that's looking to pair it with uh, – with the current schools that remain. Real quick, BYU brings the most value monetarily to that conference. Hit us up on Twitter at Outkick360. Coming up in hour number two, Chad Withrow has his top games for the college football slate in week two. It's nothing like it was in week one, but there are some marquee matchups to pay attention to. And who's playing quarterback for Georgia? That's next on Outkick360. Hey, it's Jonathan Hutton. Thanks for listening to Outkick 360. Be sure to subscribe to the show to have the latest podcast delivered to you each and every day. And give us five stars. It helps us grow our network and provide you with more great podcasts like this one.